We acknowledge that we are on Treaty 6 territory, the gathering grounds of many diverse First Nations, Métis, and Inuit peoples whose footsteps have marked this land and whose presence continues to enrich our vibrant community. Hello and welcome back to Research Recasted, the knowledge mobilization podcast. I'm Brooklyn Lestician and I'm here with Natalie Smattis. Hey, how's it going everyone? In today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Teresa Chica-James. Dr. Teresa A. Chica-James is an associate professor in the Department of Management and Organizations here at McEwen University School of Business. She teaches courses related to management, leadership, and organizational behavior. She includes case-based learning, technology-enhanced learning, and service learning in her teaching practices to enhance students' further understanding of work organizations and improve employability. Thank you for being here today, Teresa. I'm very excited to talk about your research. Thank you for having me. So we were talking a little bit earlier about kind of your um, scholarship and your different courses you've taken. Can you tell us a little bit about when you got into scholarship and kind of what that looked like for you? So when I got into scholarship was when I had the opportunity, you know, to further my degree. I had the opportunity to do my master's in business administration and thereafter worked for a while and got another opportunity to go and do my doctorate degree in Cardiff University. And um, while I was doing my doctorate degree, I had the opportunity to teach and, you know, engage in research that was really meaningful. So then I was looking into, you know, cultural management and the impact of cultural management in the society and not just within, you know, um, the organization. So, of course, the relationship, the organization had with community and how that impacted the process of managing change in the organization, so culture change. So while I was doing that, I also had the opportunity to teach undergraduate students and uh, graduate students, so MBA students. And with the MBA students, we engaged with communities. It was non nonprofit management organizations that would come in and the um, MBA student was a management consultancy course. And they would come in with issues, you know, that they had to deal with for the nonprofit management organizations. And I would go through with students on how do we resolve these issues, pulling, you know, concepts, you know, that has been taught in the class. So we had a whole lot of, you know, organizations every year. And it was something that was, you know, celebrated. The students, you know, we assessed them. They were really engaged because they found that they were, you know, adding uh, meaning they were providing valuable service to the communities. And back then, I didn't even know it was called service learning. <laughs> it was quite some time ago until I joined McEwen University and I had a conversation with one of the professors as I was taking a course on managing change. And he said, we want to, you know, revamp this course in such a way that we engage with the local communities that are going through change for students to have that hands-on practice. And so I started getting into the research of it and found that, oh, it's all called service learning. So that's when I got into the research on how do you facilitate service learning in class? What are the the components of service learning in terms of reflection, uh, civic engagement, reciprocity, and all of that? And what are the competencies that instructors need in order to engage with students and get them really involved? Because sometimes, you know, some students might be disengaged. They just want to, you know, focus on course concepts and they're writing exams. But it's good to have that hands-on practice. So that's how it all started. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to other 
new research that is coming <laughs> on service learning. For people who don't know service learning, what is kind of like the ultimate description of service learning? Good question. So service learning is noted as a high impact experiential learning. It provides students with meaningful connections with course content. So it has to be related with the course content. They have to engage in individual reflection and community service. So it's real service. Um, it's, a, it's quite different from internship where, you know, sometimes organizations are just giving students the opportunity to come and, you know, learn but it's not really adding any meaningful mm -hmm. service to them. With service learning, it has to have that meaningful uh, mm -hmm. value to the communities. So it's a win-win. It's not superficial. It's provided towards community development. So what would be like an example? Okay, so right now, a good example that we have, we're working with a local community, Edmonton Meals on Wheels. Mm, you know, yeah. they're working with us on the course, Introduction to Nonprofit Management. And myself and the community partner, we developed a project for the students where they learn about the legal context, ethical mm. principles. They learn about... Um, Managing the workforce was the difference between hiring paid employees versus volunteers. And of course, you know, trying to motivate volunteers to engage the financial aspects. We learn all of that. And the other key aspect besides trying to get volunteers and workers in the nonprofit sector, which is a key issue, is also fundraising. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> and so... As students learn it, part of their assignment is helping the nonprofit organization, Edmonton Meals on Wheels, to look for other avenues to raise funds. Mm -hmm. And so they engage in research, not just secondary research. They also engage in primary research in reaching out, you know, to private organizations, individuals, and even other nonprofit organizations that may be related to some extent with um, helping uh, the local communities and then students are split into groups because we want to give that reality of what it feels like working in organizations so you're not working you know in isolation as an individual assignment but you're working in groups of um, four or five people to come up with um, valuable feedback for mm -hmm. the community. Now, in the time past with the MBA students, they also went into a similar kind of research. But the interesting thing, and I'm, of course, you know, I encourage students, you know, go all out and be creative and, you know, be involved. The interesting thing about it is that they did not only come up with the, you know, new ways using different, you know, techniques to raise funds, but also they engaged actively mm -hmm. in raising funds for the nonprofit organization. And it was a wow. I was like, oh my God, this <laughs> is great. And so they learn a lot. They learn, you know, to be confident in reaching out to other people. They learn, you know, to collaborate not only with students, but they are, you know, talking with executives in organizations. So it's just um, a wonderful experience. And I think that's a very typical example to use. But it can also be used in other courses that are not necessarily related to mm -hmm. the non-profit you know, sector because I've got private businesses that have come in with different um, issues on change management and we look into it. Hmm. I was reading um, yesterday in, in your paper about service learning. Um, it was talking about how students, when they're in academic life, they don't really engage with their community or we're kind of just so focused on school and school is so much different than the workplace. 
So having kind of both outlets where you can do real world examples with your school is really beneficial. Um, how much time do they spend with their community partners? That's a very good question. So they do spend, you know, quite some time. It, it all depends, you know, on how much the students want to put in. I would say close to 40 hours. Sometimes oh, they wow. could spend, you know, a little bit more. In the time past, I've given students opportunity to choose their community partners and the projects they want to work with. And as a result of that, they are very interested in it. And mm -hmm. so they engage in it. Yeah. And I give them that opportunity to also communicate with the community partner so they don't necessarily have to go through me to mm -hmm. engage with them they can decide to go visit them on site and say okay this is the issue mm -hmm. and they have opportunities to draw up you know questions and do surveys to assess um, people's uh, willingness to accept a massive change in an organization so it's really eye-opening and connects students to the community Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That that sounds like they get the whole complete experience. They get the background it is knowledge. It's a different experience. And then they get yes. to go out and actually learn it for themselves. That's really yeah. cool. It yeah. is a different experience. I've got different feedback over the years from students. And some of them said, you know, it has helped me to understand how, you know, important presentation is. Mm -hmm. So in a course with the Managing Change course where they have to do a presentation, they don't only present to myself, they also present to the community partners mm -hmm. in the class. And they're like, oh, my God, this is... <laughs> serious <laughs> you know so it just gets them you know fully prepared and say yeah. this this is what you would mm. you know experience out there for like faculty or professors that want to start incorporate service learning is it extra work for them it is extra yeah. work. I mean, <laughs> it is extra work, but it's good work mm -hmm. because you see the results of it. And with every uh, kind of learning that has some sort of experiential aspect to it, you never forget. Mm -hmm. So the students will never forget. Mm -hmm what they have learned. So it is extra work because the whole process starts way before the term time. So I have to, you know, drop a list or at least engage with the careers and experiential learning units. We come up with a number of um, non-profit organizations or private organizations that want to be part of the course. Mm. And then I start having meetings with them and then decide on which one to work with. Then we have to create mm. the assignments together and now map out oh, uh, wow. times yep, that mm -hmm. they have to come into the class. So there's a whole lot of preparation to it. And the other side, too, is that I have to really engage with the students. If it's an instructor that wants, you know, to use service learning, they have to engage with the students on, you know, if possible, a one-on-one -on -one level, but at least it's not that detached way of yeah. just mm -hmm. lecturing. So giving them that confidence, there's more formative assessments where I say, okay, what have you done? Where are we now? What are you uh, coming up with? How is your you know, report going to look mm -hmm. like? Because we want to give it to an organization. We want it to be more creative. Mm -hmm. So you can come up with a, a fictitious company mm -hmm. name and oh, students, they go really, really <laughs> excited about that. So yeah. they have all manner of uh, names. So yes, that preparation takes a bit of time. And then the final assessment to sort of grade students based on their performance and it's all around performance is not only on the theory aspect is how, you know, they come up with their reports is how they also engage is even, you know, in their composition, of course, um, 
the addressing because it's, mm. it's really important mm-hmm. too when you're doing that presentation. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of work to put into it. And then for students, would it be extra work for students in class? It is a bit of extra work mm. for them, no doubt about it. But we, I try as much as possible to make sure that the the acts from the community partners is is reasonable, is realistic, is yeah. something that can be done. You know, sometimes they come up with one, two, three, four, five, you know, list of things that they want to be done. And I say, okay, we're going to do one, one. two. Yeah. And then in that one, two, we're going to split one into mm. A, B. Yeah. And then we break. I break it down yeah. and put the mm-hmm. students in groups. So it's something that can be done. That's it good. is yeah. not um, impossible, but... Students know it's a little bit more effort to put in, but at the end of the day, they all come out with, oh, this is what I have learned. I've learned even more about myself. That's Mm. what some of them say. They learn about the community, which is great, but they learn about themselves that they can, you know, manage conflicts because sometimes they do have, you know, disagreements with uh, group members and they come to some sort of understanding in it. And they've learned how to relate with executives. Mm -hmm. So how do you, you know, compose yourself and talk to them? And it may seem, you know, a bit overwhelming and in those meetings that's where I come in and we sit on a round table with the groups and we have that conversation Mm. yeah I I can see how like someone would like come out of that experience changed because um it that requires like the bravery and you know that sort of on that personal level you're you're making connections and so I can see that yeah Mm -hmm. It, it is it is just wonderful I know some time ago, I can't remember, was last year or the year before last, we had a group of students and, of course, they choose the community partner and the conversation went further that the community partner wanted to hire one of them. Oh, wow. So they put in that effort, yeah. you know, and at the end of the day, you see yourself, you know, getting a job or, you know, even the one I'm currently working with, the service learning course or non-profit management, they've reached out to me and say, we want to get some intern to, mm. you know, engage in another aspect on grant writing. And so, I mean, the opportunity is just there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the other plus to it is that they can actually add that to their CV. Yes. I tell them, I said, look, you can create a portfolio because sometimes community partners, they come and say, we want to at least have a bio of the students. We want to know what have they learned? What are the skills do they have? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, we can actually do that when they are putting in, you know, their initial proposal. Mm-hmm. They can put in a brief bio of themselves mm-hmm. and if they, you know, wish to do so, you know, the courses they've taken, if they've got experience elsewhere. And so that also helps students to start preparing mm-hmm. themselves, mm-hmm. you know, for the world of work. Yeah, I took like one year off and then came back to school. And when I took that year off, I had I had a very good job where I learned all these things. But I was thinking about if I would have just from 18 graduated in four years, mm-hmm. I would have not known like business skills or like management skills so doing these things in class they really help they really help and with this course now I know it's a short period of time but it gives every student taking the course the opportunity to engage in one form of service or the other Mm -hmm. to communities it just gives every student you know that's uh, Mm -hmm. the same level playing field to get that experience Cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, what were some of the 
positive feedback you received for doing this community service project? The feedback from the communities? Yeah, or? like how do they feel the projects went? Okay, so they had uh, three categories of, you know, their feedback. Most of it was they did gain a lot. So they had personal gains in improving their own knowledge about, you know, different aspects in their organization. And they were able to use the report the students submitted to apply for uh, grants from, you know, government and all of that. So it was good. Then they had some a bit of some pains in Mm -hmm. it. And that was where there were issues on some students not being really engaged, Mm. you know, and as such, they were not delivering what was expected. And um, to some extent, um, some community partners were not so engaged. So Mm. as a result of that, they didn't come for the student's presentation, Mm. were a bit disappointed that they couldn't make it. That's mm -hmm. a bit, you know, you know, sad to it. Um, in terms of other challenges, it was observed that there were some faculty members that did not necessarily provide so much experience and examples from, you know, the business world into the learning to improve students in terms of giving them support and the methods of assessment. That was another one that surprised me. Mm. And I was like, okay, mm. I've got to do something about my my teaching. So the point there was that if the methods of assessment is focused on writing a report, students tend to focus on writing the report. Right. If the methods of assessment is focused on doing a presentation, then they put all that energy mm. in doing the presentation. But if the methods of assessment, you know, is all encompassing in such a way that they are also assessing the behavior of students when they interact with community partners and getting feedback and they know they will get feedback from community partners, mm-hmm. then they would put in a bit of effort in how they interact with them and be respectful and be empathetic Mm -hmm. and all of that to go Mm -hmm. into it. So that was um, one of the takeaways from uh, the study for faculty Mm -hmm. members to really look at, okay, what do we want to, what do we want students to learn from this service learning course and how are we going to assess them in such a way that we know that they have learned this aspect? Mm-hmm. And the other aspect is that they want to be more visible. Mm. So there are some other universities that I am aware they put their community partners that they engage with on the school website. Mm. Mm. And so one of the feedback was if they see the communities as in is able to be really clear on the school website that we engage in service learning and these are the organizations, then they would even come in to do some courses Mm. related to service learning because they could see that. And then they wanted uh, a way to have a network, a networking platform in order to connect with themselves. I don't know if that's what a university can actually do, but... (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. You never know, but that was some of the the feedback. It's a lot of, of, like, components I didn't even really think about, like the the behind-the-scenes work. It's really interesting, yeah. It's a big process. Yeah. (laughs) Um... I think we're going to move on now to electronic service learning. Mm-hmm. How would this be incorporated? That's a very good question. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's uh, one of the recent areas uh, scholars are looking at in service learning. It's called extreme e-service learning, extreme electronic service learning. So in the time past, there was a bit of a mixture 
now I'm gonna quickly explain it. So we have <laughs> hybrid one, which has instruction online and service on site. We have hybrid two, where the instruction is on site and then the service is online, a bit of a flip. Then hybrid three, instruction and or service partially on site and partially online. Mm. So in time past, we'd have it partially on site, partially online. So we'd have some components in the classroom, some work to do, you know, online. And of course, you go on site to observe, you know, take some information in order to provide solutions to the problems that have been presented. But extreme electronic service learning, everything is absolutely fully online. So mm. instruction is online, service is online. The surveys that were sent out for uh, people to fill out for the nonprofit organizations were sent out electronically. They collected the data electronically, but we all use all sorts of technology to do that. Students use Google Meet. Uh, some, sometimes they use WhatsApp you know, mm -hmm. to have their meetings. And then thankfully in McEwen, we had the Ripen platform where oh, yeah. we could connect mm -hmm. with uh, communities. And so students had the opportunity to also use that and myself. And that way I was able to, you know, look at the conversations and meetings that were held through the Ripen platform. Mm -hmm. So we have that learning management system and so we can use it to also teach. But it is difficult. It has its own, you know, different challenges. And when there's a technological difficulty in the area, that could be uh, a challenge in engaging. And what sort of projects can students engage? So it's it's a bit mm -hmm. selective in mm -hmm. what sort of projects that you can bring into the class to engage in service learning. But based on my experience and, you know, research that is going into it, it is doable. And I also want to find out more because I was invited for a workshop earlier this year and the question they asked were in places like, you know, in Africa where they don't have, you know, so much technology. How can we engage with students where you have a large class of 200, 300 people? How can you, you know, facilitate that? So things like that is it's still something that is under research so mm -hmm. it's still ongoing and I'd like to find out because I think it's here to stay I don't think it's going to go away and the other interesting part is that with current you know work environment now people work remotely sometimes mm -hmm. they do a bit of hybrid so it's a fantastic learning experience for students to learn on how to work remotely and if we have a bit of a mix, great. But if we're going extremely online, extreme service learning, then they have to have that, you know, ability to work in different time zones. Yeah. Mm. They don't really like yeah. it. <laughs> but uh, it's something that, you know, it's here and it's good for students to learn about mm -hmm. it. This is cool. You're mentioned that you were um, researching kind of into the implications of AI. Yes. So I've just started, you know, thinking about that in my research. And I have started the study on extreme e-service learning to see, okay, what is the impact on students? Uh, what's the impact on, you know, communities? How can we learn from that? But I'm also interested in the component of AI. So as the society evolves with the use of artificial intelligence, what would be the implications of the use of AI on service learning outcomes? And I know not much about it, and that's what, you know, I'm 
thinking about in the next phase because it'll be interesting to explore how AI can assist educators, particularly myself, in designing innovative service learning courses and making service learning accessible to students with disabilities. So AI-powered speech recognition, text-to-speech tools, and automotive administrative tax for faculty members. Because we do a lot of work, like drafting letters. I didn't mm. even mention that part. After draft letters and put all those timelines, you know, for mm -hmm. community partners, uh, creating marking rubrics based on the, you know, assignments, generating questions for reflection with AI. This could be... Um, quick you know, mm -hmm. and efficient, so how will that uh, impact the whole process of service learning that will free up time for faculty to focus on teaching and mentoring and engaging with students, mm -hmm. also to evaluate the potential challenges of the use of AI and perhaps, you know, the dehumanizing experience mm -hmm. of students. And at the moment, you know, looking at following up uh, the study of e-service learning, I might just consider incorporating one or two aspects of the implications of AI on extreme electronic service learning. And so there's a quite a lot to learn. So these are some of the, the thoughts that mm. I'm going through hmm. in terms of using it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's AI, I find, as a writer, I'm like, oh, AI is the worst. But as someone who like does video editing or audio editing, we love AI. There's, mm -hmm. It helps in many <laughs> different ways, even to get ideas started. But then on the other hand... Is it going to take our jobs? We don't know. Because <laughs> we'll find out. Because we'll find out, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for any of our listeners or any of your students? For students, I would say if you have the opportunity to engage in a course on service learning, don't be afraid. I've had a student uh, at the start of a course that came to me and said, I heard you bring communities and organizations into the class. Is that true? I say, yes. And I know it was a bit of a, I, I don't really want to do it, but <laughs> take advantage of it. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. It's an eye opener to what's actually happening outside, you know, the walls of the university. So I'd encourage students to do so for faculty members. Is something that you might want to think about if you're not engaging in it because it's also a learning process for faculty members to know what's going out there, having that interaction with local communities or even organizations that are in Canada or international, as the case may be. And it's also an avenue to kick off uh, major research work in terms of scholarly writing. Mm. So you have access to an organization and then you can build on that, particularly when it's your area of a study. But the, the most um, impactful one is actually improving the learning experience of students is something that students will not uh, easily forget once they engage in that real world context of solving issues. Beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us today. That was very nice to talk about. Thank you for having me. I'm really passionate about it. It's always a pleasure to me, you know, working with students and engaging with communities at the same time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's all we have for today's episode of Research Recasted. If you want to support this podcast, you can visit Research Recasted on your favorite podcast platform to find new episodes every two weeks. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Research Recasted, where you can leave us a like, give us a follow, or send us a message if you have any follow-up questions from today's episode. This has been Research Recasted, a knowledge mobilization podcast. Brought to you by the Office of Research Services and the Faculty of Fine Arts and Communications at McCune University.
Funding for the podcast is partially provided by the Government of Canada through the Research Support Fund. Research Recasted is hosted and produced by Brooklyn Lestrigian and Natalie Smatis. Music, sound design, and editing is by Natalie Smatis. Research, copy editing, and scripting is by Brooklyn Lestrigian. And our executive producer is Hugh McKenzie.